Good morning, guys. Thank you so much for being here, uh, for joining us on the web stream if you're on there. My name is Justin, and I am the student pastor here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. Uh, and it is definitely fall outside. And if you're like me, what that means is I am sick already. So, yeah, I know uh, James is struggling with a little bit of something, too. And some other folks that I've talked to uh, have, have kind of had a little bit of just the fall crud already hitting. And so that is uh, me for sure. But uh, I am still excited just to get to be here this morning and to talk to you guys. Our lead pastor, Todd, is actually in New York right now, uh, along with our operations director and one of our worship leaders, Cynthia. Uh, they are up there with the Gallery Church, and they're helping to lead a retreat with them. Uh, and so the Gallery Church is actually a church that they helped to start in New York City about 10 years ago, and they're one of our partners now, so we're grateful that they get to be up there to support them and just to strengthen our relationship with them, so we're glad that they're there. And I think they might be joining us uh, to watch us on the web stream this morning, so I'll say hi to them. Uh, it's funny, they're, uh, they're actually lucky because I talked to James earlier this week and told him that we needed to just replace the web stream video with just a, an edited video of the worship center on fire so that when they tuned in, they would see that. But uh, we didn't get around to that, so it's okay. They're just watching like normal. We, were, uh, we decided to be pretty nice to them. But hey, I don't know if uh, you guys have all been paying attention to uh, the news a little bit these last couple of weeks, but things have been just a little bit crazy in our country. You know, whether it's uh, really in the last two weeks, kind of the just intense and crazy conflict uh, over the nomination of a Supreme Court justice, or whether it was this week with Hurricane Michael and kind of the devastation in the Florida panhandle, uh, and really all the way from there to Virginia, there's been a, a lot of things going on and kind of dominating the news cycle. But in the middle of all that, there was one other story that uh, wasn't really quite as big, but it might have attracted uh, a little more attention, at least here, uh, because of her past, when former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley announced her resignation as the ambassador to the United Nations at the end of the year. And the reason I bring that up is it's a little bit funny that that happened this week, because what we're talking about is that what our country needs right now, and what not just our country, but the world needs, are ambassadors, just of a different kind. What, what our country and what our people need and all the craziness and the conflict that's going on is for people to step up and to get in the game as ambassadors for Christ. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And, uh, you know, we may not have realized it, but it's really what we've been talking about for the last four weeks with our series, Get in the Game that all of these things that we've been looking at, uh, these kind of major components of the Christian life, you know, from what we started with, with kind of the personal skills and spiritual disciplines of the faith, to the importance of being connected in community, to how we serve one another as the body of Christ, and then even how we serve and love those outside of the church, are really parts of what it means to be followers of Christ and to be ambassadors for Christ. And what I hope we can do this morning, though, is kind of pull all those things together because I think there's a tendency for all those things that we've gone through and talked about for the last four weeks to become just kind of a checklist that we have to go through. That it's just, that's what we do as Christians, is we need to make sure we're doing these things uh, and kind of, you know, making sure we've got the boxes checked. But what I hope that we see this morning, what I think God is calling us to see, is that it's more than a checklist of things to do, but it's an identity of who we are, that God is calling us not just to do these things, but to really be an ambassador for Christ. And I think that's important because 
understanding who we are will help us to do better at what we're called to do. And so this morning, kind of our our question is, what does it look like to go beyond those checklists of just the things that we've been talking about for these last four weeks to get in the game, to really live and be an ambassador for Christ in everything that we do? And so to do that this morning, we're going to dig primarily into 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So if you have your Bible or uh, uh, you know, an electronic version, you can turn or scroll there. That's kind of where we're going to settle this morning. And we're going to look at what Paul has to say to us uh, about being an ambassador for Christ. And the letters to the Corinthians are actually really interesting and useful to us because uh, Corinth was actually a, a place that kind of relative to the areas around it was, was kind of new to the world stage in terms of power and influence. Uh, it was really, um, you know, an area that became extraordinarily wealthy really quickly. But at the same time, there was a, a sharp divide between the haves and the have-nots. And there was a lot of conflict in Corinth. Corinth was really a, a melting pot of people from all over the world, kind of being a port city People from Egypt and Judea and Europe and kind of ended up in Corinth together. And as you can imagine, all of those people from different cultures and places coming together, there was a lot of conflict. They had a hard time getting along, and that conflict spilled over into the church as well. The church really didn't do a great job of living differently than the culture around them. I don't know if that sounds familiar to anybody, but I think that uh, the letters to the Corinthians really have a lot of interesting things to say to us and where we're at as a country and as a culture and as a church. And so uh, if you really kind of look at um, 1 Corinthians, what's interesting there is that it kind of reads like a, a, just a series of different topics that Paul uh, is answering all the problems that the Corinthian churches had. And he does it each time by pointing back to the gospel. But What we see in 1 Corinthians is that apparently his letter to them the first time doesn't solve the issues that they have. And in fact, Paul has to write to them time and time again. There's actually clues in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians that those aren't the only letters, uh, or that the letters that we have aren't the only letters that Paul wrote to them. That what we have in 1 Corinthians is actually most likely 2 Corinthians, and that what we have in 2 Corinthians is probably either 3 or 4 Corinthians. And one of those letters that we don't have anymore, kind of in church tradition, came to be known as the severe letter, which if you're familiar with Paul's writing in other places, you know he's not really afraid to say some harsh stuff. And so it's a little bit scary and interesting to me to think about what was that severe letter like? You know, I think it's kind of funny to imagine what it would have been like to be at, you know, the first gathering of the early church. And, you know, some of the other churches, the churches, the uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, you know, they pull out their letter to share with everybody, and then the Corinthians pull out their stack of scrolls where Paul has written to them time and time again, and they're like, well, he wrote us this one, and this one, and this one, and we're not even going to show you that one, because you don't want to know what's in that one, right? The Corinthians had some struggles. They had conflict, and the conflict that they had even spilled over to the extent that really Paul became kind of the subject of it. And the Corinthians started to kind of doubt Paul's uh, authority and who he was and uh, really his uh, ability to to lead them and to speak into their situation. And so what Paul does in 2 Corinthians is he moves on kind of from his approach in 1 Corinthians where he's just been telling the Corinthians and each of their problems, here's what you need to do. 
And in 2 Corinthians, instead of telling them more about here's what you need to do, he starts trying to remind them of who he is and even more importantly, who they are. And I think that it has implications for how we understand who we are. And so we're going to look in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20 at what Paul has to say to the Corinthians this morning. And here's what he has to say. He tells these Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You see, in the middle of their conflict and really these believers' inability to separate themselves from the conflict in their culture and to live as God was calling them to live, Paul calls them back to who they are. And he says, you are a new creation. You are an ambassador for Christ. And that's really incredible news. But I think sometimes that uh, it's easy to kind of read over that uh, and not fully understand the significance of it. Because we kind of all have an idea of what it means to be an ambassador and live the Christian life. And we know that we're supposed to represent Christ and God. But I think there's a little bit more that we can dig into that. And so I did a little research on this. And by research, I mean I Googled the definition. Now, I did a little more than that. But we're going to start with just what does the dictionary say? What's the definition of an ambassador? And here's what the dictionary has to say. It says an ambassador is an official envoy, a diplomatic agent of the highest rank, accredited or sent to a foreign government or sovereign, as the resident representative of his or her her own government or sovereign, appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. Now, I don't think there's anything on surface value that's mind-blowing about that. We all kind of get that, you know, an ambassador goes and they represent their country or their government or, you know, their leader. But I want to call your attention really to a, a part of this definition and a couple pieces of this definition for us to see. And here's one. The dictionary says that an ambassador is a diplomatic agent of the highest rank. And I don't know about you, maybe you're a little more studied on government and stuff, but when I think about government officials and kind of some of the high-ranking people, ambassador is not normally the first one to come to mind. You know, we think about Supreme Court justices and the president and senators and those kind of people, but ambassadors really carry with them an incredible authority. Because wherever, in our case, the president has placed them, they speak for him. They are, in a sense, the president's presence in that place, and they speak with his authority and with his words. You know, if you think about this, to kind of get the point across, you know, if a senator was to come out on the news and to go public with, uh, you know, a comment that we should go to war with another country, it would probably make the news. It, It probably, you know, we'd see it on Fox and CNN, and they'd throw them up there with another talking head talking about how that was a rash or ignorant comment, uh, and it would kind of dominate the news for an afternoon, and then we'd kind of move on, all right? 
But think about this. If an ambassador tells a foreign country or goes public with the statement that we want to go to war with you, that's a much bigger deal. Ambassadors have to watch their words carefully because they speak as the authority in that situation, as the representative of their government and of their leader. And here's the thing, guys. An ambassador for Christ is an agent of the one who has all authority, who's sovereign over everything. And the situations that God puts us in, we're living on mission for him and speaking with his authority. But are we living like that? I wonder if we see the things that God has called us to, the things that we've been talking about for the last four weeks and the opportunities that we have to really get in the game of God's mission of reconciliation, if we see that as being invited in to the biggest and the grandest story that there is that we get to not just be a part of, but that we're key players of the highest rank in. I don't know if we always see it like that. I know I don't. I know that a lot of times that the ways that God calls us to get into the game and digging into his word and being connected in community and serving, whether it's here in the church or outside of the church, really just kind of become add-ons to my own agenda. That And kind of everything else going on in life that really my heart and mind are kind of more focused on, you know, my career and, and even as a pastor, uh, but, you know, even when I, especially when I worked kind of uh, in the business world, that my life was kind of what I saw in my will and that, I, you know, I had kind of this understanding that God wants to, to take that and use it, but it was really still my plans, my agenda, and I'll add on, you know, I go to church on Sunday and I'll try to, you know, join in on a service project every, you know, now and then because I'm supposed to do it. But what God is really calling us to is a radical transformation of seeing our lives and our, our minds and our hearts and our wills transformed by his and subjected to it. That in everything we would do, we would understand who we are. And I think, you know, for some of us, that can maybe lead to the thought, okay, does that mean I should be dropping everything I'm doing? Should I, you know, quit my job? Should I go be a missionary or a pastor or something like that? And for most of us, that's not the case. For some of us, it, it might be. But I think for most of us, what it really means is that God's calling us to a shift in our thinking and in our heart about how we see what we do in the Christian life and about who we are and the part that we play in his will and his mission in the places and with the people where he already has us. So what is kind of that will or mission? I want to talk about that just for a second to make sure we're all on the same page of as ambassadors for Christ, we represent and are meant to advance the will of, of the one who uh, kind of stands behind us. So what does that look like? And here's kind of how I would describe that just somewhat quickly. Ultimately, God's will or his mission is that his glory would be revealed to and recognized by a people reconciled in relationship with him. God wants his glory to be put on display to the universe and he wants it to be done with a people who are reconciled in relationship with him and that that relationship would be characterized by love for him, rooted in his love for us, right? And that that love would kind of overflow in all the other things that we think about as God's will in 
obedience and, and serving him and loving others and in spreading his message. Right? It's God's glory being put on display and his desire for a people to be brought into relationship, to share in the joy and just the, uh, the awesome love of that relationship with him. And here's the thing, guys, that's the gospel. That's God's will and his mission, and that's what the gospel is. That's the reason that the Son of God went to the cross and died on our behalf. It's not just so that, you know, kind of in a way, I think a lot of times uh, people in America start to think about it is that, you know, Jesus died for my sins so that I can go to heaven. And so that everything, you know, for me can be good and grand. And that's a part of it, but really what God is doing in Christ is he's trying to reconcile a people to him and he's putting his glory on display with how far he's willing to go for us. And so I want just to take for a second and look at, look at what Paul says about this in Colossians. This is in Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 23. You don't have to turn there. It'll be up on the screen because we're kind of going to bounce back to Corinthians here in a second. But here's what Paul says about Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross and how this all kind of comes together. So talking about Jesus, Paul says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Excuse me. What Paul became a minister of, that gospel that gospel of reconciliation that Jesus accomplished by his death on the cross is what he calls us to now be ministers of and to be ambassadors of. That's what God now wants to do through us. That's what God calls us to live for by doing these everyday things that we've talked about, by getting in his word, connecting in community. You know, and I, I breeze through these things and, and the everyday reality of connecting in community is the getting up on Sunday morning when you don't feel like going to church and you go anyways, not because you, you, know, you, you have to worship God and you have to you know, get a message, but because you want to be with the people that God has put around you. And that when we go and serve outside of the church or in the church, that it's not still just something that we're supposed to do, but that it's part of getting into the gospel it's being a part of it and living out who God has called us to be, that they're not just duties or add-ons. And so there's two really important shifts that I think we need to make in how we look at these things. 
that we move beyond just again seeing uh, these things as just things that we're supposed to do and we understand how they're a part of who we are and the spiritual reality that kind of overlies them. And here's the first one, that as we are, are called to be a part of God's mission and to do these things, the first spiritual reality that God wants us to understand about the things that we're called to do is this. Ambassadors manifest the presence of God. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about the fact that ambassadors represent and speak for the government or the, the authority that's kind of bigger than them and behind them that they represent. But here's the amazing truth, guys. As ambassadors for Christ, it goes beyond just us speaking for God in the situations that he's placed us. Because here's the truth, Christ follower, that if you have trusted in Christ, you've been indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And the situations that God places you in and calls you to, you are actually manifesting the presence of God in those situations, that you bring God's Spirit with you to the people and the places and the situations that he has you. I want you guys just to, to look back really quick at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Paul starts that section that we looked at earlier with this. Remember? He says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We've been indwelled by the Holy Spirit and made new. And here's kind of something that I think is really just neat to see about this, Right? So Paul, or really scripture, talks about creation in in Genesis 1 through 3. And when you look at Genesis 1, 26 and 27, this is where where God really talks about the fact that uh, he creates man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them, right? And the image of God is really kind of an enormous topic in theology and how we understand humanity uh, as believers, I think one way that we can understand the way that God originally created us to be in his image is that God created us to be his image to the world around us, to the universe that he placed humanity in. And I think it's one of the reasons why when Adam and Eve sinned, that it had such wide-ranging effects on the universe because they were his image to that universe. And when they sinned, that image became broken and corrupted. But here's the incredible truth now, right? As a follower of Christ, in a really significant way, God has restored that image. We're not fully there, but God has restored that image and indwelt us with the Holy Spirit so that we can again be that new creation and be that image to the world around us. That with the Holy Spirit, we manifest his presence. And like Paul said, God makes his appeal through us to the world. I just wonder, you know, do we, when we think about the things that we're called to do, do we understand that it's critical that we go out and we serve the world, not just because it's something that we do, not because even that it shows God's love, that, you know, that it shows that we love them and that God loves them, but do we understand that when we go out, we might be introducing the people that we serve to God, that his spirit in us is present with that person and that there's a chance for them to meet God through what we do with them, that his presence is manifested through us. I know a big one for me, even as a pastor, is that I struggle to get in God's word. 
that sometimes it's boring and I've got a million other things going on like I'm sure almost everyone in here does and it's not easy to, to do that discipline of it. But do we understand that getting in scripture is not just about you know, us needing to get, you know, to learn more or to, uh, you know, to even kind of get some inspiration to live a little more Christianly or godly that day. But it's about the fact that we have a critical mission of manifesting God's presence to the world. And how on earth are we going to do that if we're not drawing on him and soaking in his word on a regular basis? that that's what it's doing through us, that God is filling us up with more of him to equip us for the mission that he's called us to. Here's another spiritual reality of really the things that we do. And the second way I think we need to shift our understanding about all of this is not, not only do we manifest the presence of God in the places and in the situations that God calls us to, but that what we're doing in those situations is that we relay God's reconciliation to the universe, to the people and the situations around us. I think so often we think about kind of this big topic that we're talking about, of this mission of reconciliation or, or the, really the gospel. You know, it's kind of this one and done fact that Jesus, you know, came and he died on the cross for our sins and really, you know, all that's left for us to do is we got to believe that and we need to, you know, tell other people about it so that they'll believe it too. But we have to understand really that the gospel is bigger than that. And we're not just spreading the message of it, but we're a part of it, that we're a part of what God's doing. We're relaying that reconciliation. And, you know, Jesus's life, his death, and his resurrection are absolutely the, the source, the foundation of, uh, really the umbrella over, and in some way, everything about how God is reconciling the universe, but it was meant to be relayed. I want us to look really quick at another passage in Colossians just after what we just read and see kind of how Paul conveys this. This is Colossians 1, 24 through 25. Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings. You know, we all kind of know Paul's story of the things he went through and the extent that he went through to spread the message and to be an ambassador for Christ. And he says, I rejoice in all of these things that I've been doing and the suffering that I've had to go through because in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. I remember when I kind of first read that passage a long time ago that it almost kind of seemed heretical to me to think, you know, that Paul's saying that there was something lacking in what Christ did for us. But here's, here's what Paul's getting at. He's referring to the fact that it needs to be relayed. He's saying, like, you may not, actually not you may, you can't literally see what Christ did for you anymore. It happened in the past but you can see what God is willing to do for you through me. That I can fill up that empty space where now it's, it's, it's sometimes kind of hard to connect with and see exactly what God uh, did for us through Christ. But through me, I can step in and bridge that gap and show you the extent that God is willing to go to because I'm part of the gospel. I'm carrying on God's work as an ambassador. 
And that's what we are called to do. That's what God accomplished through Christ and what he continues now to do through us. Here's, here's kind of what I want us to understand this morning, church. Is that all these things that we talk about doing have incredible spiritual significance to, to them. That in God's grand plan of reconciliation of the universe, that you, as a follower of Christ, are really just an outbreaking. You're a point in all that of God making everything new, of reconciling the universe to himself. And that when he does something in an individual, when he saves somebody and brings them to know him, it's meant to spread from there. It's like a pinpoint of light in the darkness that, that your salvation, your relationship with Christ and living it out has incredible spiritual significance. And it's meant to spread through you to the rest of the universe as God continues his plan of reconciliation that we're meant to be a part of it. It doesn't just happen to us, but it happens to us and then through us. And really what Todd has called us these last few weeks and all of these things that we're called to do as Christians is the gospel. It is getting in the game and being a part of it. You know, all of the, the different things that we've talked about, whether it's the, the nitty gritty of the Christian life and getting in his word and staying on top of our spiritual disciplines, it's all part of this mission of reconciliation that God has and that he calls us to be ministers of. We're meant to live radically and to make an impact. And I think we have to understand who we are as ambassadors and go beyond this understanding of just things that we do. Because for a long time, the church in America has not done that. It's forgotten who we are. It's forgotten the authority and the power that we speak with as ambassadors for the one who has authority over everything. Right, that I think so many of us have seen, you know, people who have walked away from the church. You know, for me specifically, basically my entire high school friend group uh, that really kind of started uh, me going to church walked away from it. That they had all grown up in church, but I think what they saw and what they thought was just, okay, this is, this is kind of all just about us going to heaven uh, you know, and that I need to believe in Christ for that. And once I do that, uh, I kind of just go to church for the rest of my life and sit in services that I'm bored in half the time. And, you know, occasionally I go out and I do some good stuff for the community, but uh, I kind of have other things to do. I've got my own plans, so I think I'm going to go do that. And they didn't see the spiritual reality of what God really wants to be doing in the world. They never really encountered God or were able to see how much more there is to the story. And I want this morning for us to see past these checklists of just the things it means to live the Christian life and understand that there's more to it, that God has called us to a place of the highest rank to serve as his ambassadors and to do what he's called us to do. So I think, you know, with kind of as we get to wrapping up this morning, everything that I've talked about can really kind of be uh, a little philosophical and hard to track with. And so I want to kind of bring it down to earth a little more and help us to, to see some practical ways that really, we can really get in the game. We need to reorient our understanding 
of success in this life. That when we understand who we are and the mission that God has really called us to live out, we've got to change how we think about success in life. And that's, honestly, that's a big deal uh, because there are a lot of successful people in this room. And there's a lot of successful people in this community. It's expensive to live here. They had to do that to get here. So I know, having to rent here is painful, right? So the rest of us who aren't successful already, we're trying to get there. And what God's calling us to do is to change how we think about that. And here's what I think he's calling us to do. He's calling us to change our definition because our definition of success must be how well we make his name known, not our own. Our definition of success has to be how well we make his name known, not our own. We've got to stop primarily seeing our lives in terms of bank accounts and retirement savings and the different goals that we have. Not that it's wrong to have those, but that our hearts and minds have to be primarily oriented at understanding that we're living for the one to whom we will give an account and to who saves us. And I also think in this that we can't forget that as Paul says, all this is from God. Saved people serve people. We love because he first loved us. We don't do these things. We don't live as ambassadors of Christ to, you know, to be saved or to reconcile ourselves to God, but we do that because he's already done it. And as God has done, so we are to do. So as we go out and try to do that, here's one secret that I want us to have. Because as we get to Monday morning and we try to figure out how do I live this out, It's a little bit difficult, but here's kind of one secret that you can't do this. You can't foster a greater love for God and others and live as an ambassador of Christ on your own. That really the ability to live this life and to strive for the benefit of others at the potential sacrifice of your own glory and success can only exist if it's built on a foundation of trust in God's care and provision for you. I'm gonna just say that again, the ability to do this, the ability to live as God has called us to be at the potential cost of our own glory and success, the only way we're gonna do that and the only way we're gonna overcome our natural instinct to try to get those things for ourselves is if we're resting on a foundation of trust in God's care and provision for us. It may not be that he's gonna give us a bigger bank account than what we would have tried to get on our own, but that he understands what we need and he will provide and care for us and he'll equip us to do what he's called us to do. God knows what's best for us. And if you're here this morning and you don't know, this is all just seems like way beyond, you know, what you're thinking about right now and you don't know what you even think about God or the gospel, or church, Christianity. I just hope that you hear that there's more to this life. There's more to what we do on Sunday mornings and every day than just a checklist of things that we do. That God is doing something incredible in the universe, and he wants you to be a part of it. God wants something incredible for you and through you. And so I just, I I echo Paul's words and say, we implore you if you don't know him, We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. 
there's a, a gigantic story of what God is up to in this life, and he wants you to be a part of it. And the last thing that I want to say is just for those of us who are following Christ this morning, I want to challenge you just with something specific. And here's what it is. I want to challenge you to think, who is one person that you can be an ambassador of Christ to right now? That this week as you leave and you go through Monday morning and you get in the office or you get out on the golf course, as you're getting ready to go to Thanksgiving with family in the next month, who can you be an ambassador to? For me, it's, it's my mom. I grew up in a family that doesn't know Christ. And my mom desperately needs to know him. And that's who I'm praying for and asking God, how can I be an ambassador to her? So I just want to encourage you all this morning to pick somebody and pray for them to be reconciled to God and for God to use you as an ambassador to them. And so thankfully, Clint Trebish uh, is actually going to be here next week. Uh, And he's going to speak to us, and he's going to help equip us a little more to do that. But I think we need to start praying and thinking about and looking for opportunities to do that right now. Because if we don't get in the game and do what God has called us to do, who else is going to do it? We've huddled up. We've talked about the things that we're supposed to do. We've got our game plan. We just need to live it out. And it's time for us to get in the game. Would you guys pray with me? Father, thank you so much for everything you do for us. God, I just want to ask and lift up the people who have been affected by Hurricane Michael and raise them up to you. God, I pray that you would raise up churches and believers to be ambassadors in the areas that are hardest hit, that you would send people. God, that you would provide the things that are needed in that, God, those situations. God, to love them, to help restore their lives and put them back together, God pray just that the church would serve well and that you, God, would just minimize suffering as much as possible to the people who are affected. Lord, I pray if there's even opportunities for us to be a part of that, that you would help us to do that. God, but I pray just for all of us, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see more of you and this grand story that you're telling that you want us to be a part of. Lord, we need you to transform our minds and our hearts to see that, God. We need you to stir up our hearts to understand the spiritual significance of what you call us to do. Help us, Lord, to just live as ambassadors for Christ. God, I pray that you would fill us all with your love. And God, just make our lives uh, such that in everything we might say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Make us better representatives of you to this world, Lord. And if anyone here doesn't know you, God, would you open their eyes to see you? I just pray that they would be reconciled to you and that we would all learn to live as your ambassadors. So Lord, I just want to pray this scripture over us this morning as we close. God, would you make these words true of us? For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Lord, help us to be your ambassadors. Amen.